Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay? So we do this every Sunday. I love it because it's, it's just so good. Can you, can you say this with, with me? Say, this is my Bible. I believe. It is God Almighty in written form. And today, it went in my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right. Glory to God. I tell you, I'm excited. I, boy, last night I was just in prayer for quite a long time. And, uh, boy, I tell you, I just, mm, I just sense Jesus. I tell you, I really appreciate worship today. Glory to God with uh, Michelle. Amen. Kathy. Amen. All right. We've been talking about open relationship. 2023, we said open relationship is when your relationship with God is so viable, so real, that it cannot be contested. When you daily experience his revelation power, his grace, his mercy, his presence, his voice, amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's so much. So much. Amen. See, hallelujah. It's to be Bible. That doesn't mean that there's not challenges, you know. At the same time, we've got to understand the veil's been rent. And sometimes, you know, you go into quiet time and, well, you don't sense anything. Maybe for the first half hour. But Jesus always comes. And the enemy will always, with every person, Trying to say the heavens are closed and this and that. No, they're not. They're open because the blood has made them open. So we've been sharing on open relationship and his presence. You know, uh, he, he wants open relationship. He wants us to know, even when it's difficult, that you're going to reap what you've sown unto. Amen. Glory to God, whether it's in terms of souls or victory over sin, whether it's in the context of desires of your heart, healing, whatever, he will come through. Glory to God. And that can be challenged. It can be challenged different times. You know, you're, you're quoting Psalm 91, and then, you know, you're in a parking lot and someone runs into your car. Whew, and you say, man, I don't know what's up with that, but Lord, I believe you, Right? And then three weeks later, you're in the parking lot, and again, somebody else runs into your car. Amen? And, and the devil's like, what's going to stop it the third time? And you've got to say, you know what? I believe. Every one of us here has more faith than we realize. I believe. Glory to God. So God is about open relationship. And we've shared the last few weeks that, for example, David and Goliath, David openly was anointed, 1 Samuel 7, uh, 16, 1 Samuel 17. He destroyed Goliath openly. 2 Kings 13, the bones of a dead prophet raised the dead. Man, that's open. When Jesus multiplied the, the fish and the bread, right? That was open manifestation. Glory to God. John 6, 21, when well, with Matthew 14, when Jesus was walking on the water. That's open manifestation, right? 
And then when Peter walked on the water with them, open manifestation, then the boat came, I mean, it was translated and the land in a moment's time. That's open manifestation. I'm not telling you that every day that you're going to have an experience like being translated or walking on the water. But I can tell you this. Every day is to be a day where we experience Jesus openly. And as, as, it's a, as it is, as, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, man and a woman. We need to know that this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Now understand, there's times where you have to be patient. But the bottom line, we know and we see. We know through the mind of our spirit. We see through the eyes of our spirit. And we shared that the whole key is to be in the spirit. And the biggest thing with the enemy, he tries to get us to think that we are in the natural. But we're not. Obviously, we live in a natural world. But you're a spirit being. Glory to God. The things of the world do not entice you. They do not overcome you. We're in a place, glory to God. We're in a place where God has caused us to be born again so we could enter into the realm of the Spirit where he's at. Amen? Glory to God. So Galatians 5.16 says, Walk not in the flesh, but what in the Spirit. You walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Glory to God. But that's where the battle's at. Amen? Our mind says, I'm not worthy. And I'm talking about everyone. Our mind says, you know what? It's too hard to get there. Our mind says, you know what? I've failed before, so it's not going to work. Our emotions don't line up with, man, the, the joy of God at times. But God's calling us to a place of maturity. Maturity is even when you don't feel like it, you know that you're a spirit being, fellowshipping with God who is spirit, and the spirit realm will take over the natural realm. Glory to God. The spirit realm will take over the natural realm because the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. We, we don't pretend like the natural realm is not real, but we believe that the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. Glory to God. So, and here's the exciting thing. You don't have to be some superhero to enter into this. Amen? It's for every believer because God has equipped us really to live in the spirit realm. So we're going to enter into some exciting things today and I pray that, that you'll personalize it to yourself. You know, if, you know, when they send the astronauts to outer space, first of all, when you're in outer space, you're one-sixth of the weight that you are on earth. So there's a good diet plan, right? Amen. <laughs> there you go. But when you're in that realm, right, gravity does not affect you like it does here. That's why, you know, they got, you know, you see them kind of flying around type of thing. When we're in the spirit realm, everything is different. Everything changes. So we're talking about spiritual vehicles God's given so we can live in the spirit realm. We talked about our born-again spirit. That's the key. 
Religious people cannot live in the spirit realm because they don't have a spirit that's born again. So they're always trying to come up with things to make it look spiritual. You know, icons and formulas and statues and, and all kind of things. Glory to God, we don't have to be there because we live in the spirit realm because we're spirit. Glory to Jesus. We talk about Holy Spirit is in us. He's in us to infuse the life of Jesus to our spirits. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, our spirit being one with his. So we, the spirit takes over. Glory to God. The mind of our spirit believes even when it's illogical. The eyes of our spirit see even when it's so different than the natural and as we believe, it comes into being, okay? And we talked about the Word of God, and we're talking about the Word of God again. The Word of God is God's wisdom and how to walk in the Spirit, first and foremost. Amen? Now, you've heard this so many times, and I've heard it, but we're going to accentuate it. Just like that word of prophecy came forth, we want to enter in to higher levels of this revelation, Okay? Glory to God. All right. So let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, if you would. And let's look at the paradigm of God. But let's, Ephesians 1.16, let's go there first. Ephesians 1.16, a lot of us pray the Ephesian prayers. I encourage you, if you want to grow in your walk with Jesus, just pray the Ephesian prayers. Ephesians 1, 16 to 23 and 3, 14 to 20. It will change your lives. Glory to God. I know it has mine. And you can, glory to God, and pray this for others as well. So in Ephesians 1, 16, it says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And it goes on to say, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. You might know it as a, the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, and his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us, according to what Jesus did on the cross. Okay? But notice it says wisdom and revelation. Wisdom is the key. It really is. It's one thing to have a desire. It's another thing to know how that desire is manifested. Glory to Jesus. If you don't enter into wisdom and you have a desire, you'll be disillusioned. And that's where many people become. First of all, if there's some, say you have a desire to win souls and you're not winning souls, you keep believing God. Amen. And that, and that honors God when you're believing when you don't see something. But then we enter into wisdom. Amen? Wisdom's a key. So 2 Peter 1, 1 to 4 it really is the wisdom of God in the context of manifestation. Of manifestation. Glory to God. And God, he can bring about, sometimes we're praying maybe to the wind, a soul every day. And some people God may use the, the four spiritual laws. 
But you might say, well, I've, I've not won someone to Jesus, but maybe because of lack of wisdom, or you are and don't know it. Maybe your intercession is winning those souls that you don't even know about. So sometimes God fulfills desires in a way that we don't think he's going to fulfill desire. Amen? Glory to Jesus. All right. So 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Whoever you are, whatever you do, you first need to be a servant. Amen? Jesus was first a servant. Isn't that amazing? Glory to God. He was a servant. Okay. Now listen to this. To them that have obtained like precious faith with us. You have already obtained like precious faith that Peter had. And Peter raised the dead. His very shadow healed people. You say, how can you say that? And because it's been given to you in the new birth. You've obtained it through inheritance. Amen? Glory to God. Every believer has more faith in them than they realize. And I love this. Like precious faith with us. Peter's saying, hey, I'm an apostle. Yeah, I, I got this job description to fulfill. But he said, I want to let you know I'm no better than you. I don't have any greater faith than you have. And see, that, that's, that's the first paradigm of God. It's a, it's a paradigm where everybody in the body of Christ is equal. Everybody can have intimacy with Jesus. Everybody can do the works of God. That old paradigm that the pastor does all, all this, or this person, this evangelist is up here and everybody else's, that is false. God is going to bring revival. God's going to bring change to the earth when everyone is walking in Jesus. Amen? Glory to God. And it says, through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how's it come to you? Through yourself? Through No. Through Jesus. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus of Lord. So it, it, it revolves around us entering in, right, to knowing the heart of God. According as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Wow. But how's it come? Through the knowledge of him that has called us by and to his glory and virtue. I don't know what brought you to Jesus. Now someone says, well, I came to Jesus because I was afraid of going to hell. Well, that's good. That's, that's a good start. But the fear of God's only the beginning of wisdom. Amen? If you got saved through the fear of God, that's good. But you've got to grow in that. It's just the beginning of wisdom. You might start coming to Jesus through the fear of God. But you will only enter into full victory by entering in to being thrilled with him and living for him because you enter into seeing who he is to you and you to him. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. We need to come to Jesus for Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So he's told us the glory and virtue. What's that mean? That means he's told us to enter in. Whew. To partake, well, let's just read the next verse. It tells us. It says, Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. That's the word of God. 
that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, that's his glory and virtue, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, if you're unsaved, the more you have, the more you're going to need to get. You're never going to be fulfilled. So, we get, we're satisfied when we partake. And that word partake, the root word of that word is koinonia. It means fellowship, profound knowingness of his heart, intimacy. Let's just give an example. Let's just say someone's struggling with uh, condemnation. Well, God always has a name for your situation. The, uh, a scripture for your situation. There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? That was written by a man that before Paul, you know, Paul became Paul. He was Saul. He, he murdered people. He murdered Stephen. But that's the man that wrote no condemnation. Mercy supersedes judgment. So what happens is, let's just take someone struggling with condemnation. Man, God speaks to you to his word. And you see the mercy of God. You see when David with Bathsheba, how God made him as white as snow. Perhaps he wrote Psalm 51 after he experienced the cleansing power of God. Wow. And you begin to see a part of the heart of God. You, you, you become so intimate with God. You start to see the different parts of God. Hmm. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And you become so immersed in who he is. Who he is takes over and cleanses you and makes you whole. Glory to God. That's God's paradigm. It's, it's through his word. Glory to God. His exceeding mm, and magnificent promises. Now, we hear that, but God wants us to really hear it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things not seen. It's a, it's, it's a real, it's real. It's a literal spiritual substance in the mind of your spirit. Your natural man is just a mirror of your spirit being. Obviously, your natural man has a, has, a, has a mind, but there's a mind to your spirit. Your natural man has eyes, but there's eyes in your spirit. That you see. The, the natural man has ears. There's ears in your spirit to hear God with. So it's a substance in the mind of your spirit. Man, it's just like there's serotonin in your physical brain that causes you to have emotions. There's a substance of faith in the mind of your spirit that causes you to know that you know that you know that this word whew, is God's word. 
Mm. I love in, in, in the uh, interlinear Bible in the Greek, it just says faith is the reality of things unseen. It's the reality. We need to encourage one another. Because when you're struggling in an area, it might be in a familiar sin. It could be any area. Hearing God. Physical. It could be emotional. We need to encourage one another and help one another that this is real. That God's word is real. Amen. It's reality. This generation coming up, everything is virtual reality. Virtual reality. Why is virtual reality a multi-billion dollar business? Because people cannot deal with what their real reality is. I was at a pizza place picking up pizza recently. And I, I was just talking to the worker there. And they, they said, I said, you work a lot of hours. I see you're by yourself. And she said, yeah, I'm working a lot of hours. I said, man, is that hard? She said, no. She said, I need it so I don't have to deal with real life. Of course, there's an open door for Jesus. But that's where most people are at. Most young people. Everything's virtual reality. Because in virtual reality, everything's good. Everything's 3D, 4D. I guess they're going to 5D. Man, it gives your emotions a buzz. It does this, it does this. The hardest thing is to get people to see that there is a real reality and the only reality that's real is Jesus. Amen? Faith is the reality of things unseen. And faith comes, amen, through the word of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. And see, as an individual, as a family, as a church, our job, and we're all growing in this, you might be, you know, it's possible to have great faith in one area and struggle in another area. Man, Kathy and I, when we started out in campus ministry, I mean, we, there was just a deception. Well, we're, we're like missionaries sent out from this church. And it was like, man, you just lived, I mean, there was times for real. I mean, thank God she never complained because, but we didn't have food on the, we hardly had anything to eat for real. I mean, we're eating. Michelle's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, man, my daughter, when she was a senior in high school, she was the only kid that didn't have her school pictures because we didn't have enough money to pay for them. And Jesus came and helped us with that. And we grew, glory to God. But we grew because we got a revelation from the word of God that part of God's heart is for you to be blessed financially, to have your needs met, and have enough money to help others in need. Amen? Glory to Jesus. All right. Glory to God. Okay. Now, I wasn't going to share this today, but I find the Lord saying this, I think it will help us. Go with me to 2 Kings 2, if you would. 2 Kings 2. The spirit of revelation... Wisdom and revelation, according to Ephesians 1.17, is probably the greatest gift that you can be given. Because out of revelation, you receive everything else. Mm. That's why when Solomon 
God said, I'll give you whatever you want. He asked for wisdom because he knew wisdom was the principal thing, right? He had wisdom, everything else will be given. So in 2 Kings 2, we're not going to go through all of this. We, we've done it many times. But it's a type of how to enter into the anointing. Uh, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah's about ready to be taken up into heaven. All the young prophets knew it. Elisha, of course, knew it, being so close to him. And they started out at Gilgal, the place of equippings, salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, on and on. Then they went to uh, Bethel Church. Then they went to Jericho, where battle. Then they went to the Jordan, where you, you, you died of self, more and more. And uh, so finally, Elijah's about uh, to be taken up. In verse 9, it says it came to pass when they were going over that Elijah said unto Elisha, this is right after they went over Jordan, Elijah just flipped his mantle and the Jordan parted. He did that all the time. And he said, ask what I shall do for thee before I'm taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. That, you know, Elijah was a great man. And Elisha is asking for a double portion of his spirit. He said, yes, yeah, a hard thing. You know, God likes it when he asks hard things. Amen? Glory to God. Because if it's that hard, only God can get the glory because everybody knows only God can do it. Amen? He said, nevertheless, if, here's what he said. If you see me when I'm taken from you, you have your request. But if you don't, it won't be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Mm. And Elisha saw it. And he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, rent them in two pieces. And then the mantle of Elijah fell to Elisha. If you want the words of Jesus to enter into your spirit, you've got to enter into the same paradigm. Now, the first thing the devil will say, well, that's too much for you. I'm here to tell you something, and myself as well. The blood of Jesus is too much. It is infinitely powerful. And our inheritance is accordingly. Amen? It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about him. It's about the power of the blood of Jesus. So, see all the young prophets, they knew he was gone, but they didn't see him go. Here's the deal, guys. The entrance of his word gives light. Psalm 119, 130. Let's look at that real quick. There's so much in my heart, honestly. By the time we get done with this, I'm going to go from teaching to preaching. Sometimes I don't. Teaching is to explain. Preaching is to proclaim. Well, I usually enter in that way, but we're really going to end, enter into this today. Whoo, glory to God. Psalm 119, 130. Let's start with verse 29. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. It says the end, oh, glory to God. The entrance of thy words gives light, gives understanding to the simple. 
It gives light so we can see. The word of God, and again, that prophecy was given. There's different levels of everything. There's different levels of revelation. There's different levels of worship, different levels. The highest level of revelation is almost like seeing God in a vision. You walk with God openly. Here's the deal, guys. It's one thing to say, I know that the name of Jesus is above every name. It's another name. It's another thing to be able to go to anywhere, any place, wherever the need is. And just like you say in Exodus 7, remember when the, uh, Aaron put down his rod of Moses and it became a snake? That's open, right? <laughs> but then the magicians, the sorcerers, the so-called wise men, they did the same thing with their rods. Man, that's, a, that's a strong occult stuff. It's existing in some ways today. So now there are numbered like a thousand to one. So there's a thousand rods, 999 of the enemy and one of God. What well, looks like, man, you're defeated. What's up with this, God? I'm excited when I threw down my rod, right? It became a snake. And again, we need, the word needs to be real. But I threw down my pen and becomes a kitty cat, cat here, right? Starts to meow. Would you be impressed? Yeah, we'll be having a night service to tell everybody about it, right? But Moses' rod that became a snake, it ate up every rod of the devil. We have to come to a place that you know that you know that you know and that you see it. Then when someone has cancer, and it's hard. Man, I, 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 I probably every day deal with someone with cancer, every day. And it's hard when someone's in pain. It's hard. The only thing that gets you through, the only way you have victory, is when you can see somebody in that state or whether they're paralyzed or whatever, and you know that the name of Jesus represents who he is. It represents compassion and love, mercy. It represents the name of Rapha, the God that healeth us. I'm using this as an example. And when you pray, whether something happens or doesn't immediately, you know that the golden oil of God, the literal fire of the one that created the universe is now confronting that other name in that body. And you're able to say, Jesus, and you begin to worship. Because like Abraham of old, when he was told to offer him Isaac, he said, we will worship and we will be back. And it says in Hebrews that when he said that he had a vision of him alive and not dead. That's when Christianity becomes good. <laughs> I mean, not just good, but awesome. It's always good. Don't misunderstand me. I mean, I was at, uh, there was a lady, she was at the uh, 
counselor in our pregnancy center years ago. Anyway, she, was supposed to, she had this operation on her head, and uh, something didn't go right. And she was in a coma for a number of days. Uh, her daughter was a good friend of one of my daughters. And I'll be honest with you, the Lord told me to go down there. I didn't go down as quick as I should, but I got down there. To, I believe it was UPMC something. And her daughter was a nurse, actually, at Children's Hospital. And anyway, but she was there with her. Actually, she was a nurse, but then she got married, moved to Arizona. And shortly after she was married, she had to come back, and she was with her mom for weeks. And uh, long story short, now this was more of a, there's faith and maybe a gift of the Spirit. So I, I walked, she was in a coma, and by the grace of God, I've seen a few people come out of comas. And uh, I laid my hands on her, and man, she was hooked up to the max. And uh, I just put my hand on her, prayed, nothing seemed to happen. And, uh, but the Spirit of God just rose up, maybe it was a gift of the Spirit. And I told her daughter, I said, Diane, I said, I, I believe within two days, 48 hours, she will be honest and completely whole. Well, she was a nurse, and she said, you know, I don't know. But uh, she respected me, and I said, I believe that. Well, long story short, 48 hours, she came out and was perfectly whole. But here's what's interesting. I happened to see her in the grocery store after she came out of it. And she just began crying and then front of everybody, just worshiping Jesus. And I said, well, I said, Jesus is good. She said, yeah. She said, let me tell you something. I said, okay. She said, I was in a coma. She was bad. And she said, even though I, my mental faculties were suspended pretty much, when I woke up, I asked my daughter if you had prayed for me two days ago. I said, wow. And she said, uh, I knew when hands were laid on me, and I knew amen from that time. Glory to God. What am I saying? All of us, as we're in the word, glory to God, sometimes you don't feel it, but you know it. But the more we're in the word, the more we're going to be in the spirit realm. Because your spirit and God's word is spirit is like nothing else. And that word in you causes you to live in the spirit realm. Glory to Jesus. I like a testimony. I brought this book. I really like it. Uh, Bill Johnson and Randy Clark. And there's a testimony in here about a lady. She was on the healing team with uh, Randy Clark. And uh, he was asked like some of the greatest miracles he saw, and he said there was a guy that had an accident when he was younger, and he had, basically had no eyes. And he said the service was five hours long. Wow. And she prayed for this man the whole time. He never felt a thing there. There was never any indication anything happened. He said this had to be a real gift of God to give her the knowledge to do that. She left not knowing anything had happened in the natural but see, in her spirit. She was caught up in the spirit. And in the spirit is where it happens. And you are in the spirit. Someone says, I wish I could get in the spirit. Romans 8 says, you are in the spirit. You're not in the flesh. That's a scripture verse. And, uh, but she said, I believe something happened. Well, next day, no change. Day after that, nothing. 
He went to bed blind the second night, just like the morning after he left. But he woke up with no scar tissue, brand new eyes, and perfect vision. And he said, the, the pastor that says the greatest miracle in the history of our city. Why did that happen? Because she was a super saint? No. It happened because she was in the spirit. God wants you to know that you're in the spirit. Even when you don't feel like it and when it seems like nothing's happening. And that's why you need to be encouraged by others. It doesn't feel like you're in the spirit. But you are. Glory to God. Now here's something really neat. In 2 Kings 6, let's go back here. We were at 2 Kings 2, all right? So what now, 2 Kings 6, right? Elisha has a word of knowledge. Every time the king of Syria wants to bring destruction to him, right? He gives a word of knowledge to the king of Israel. And they, and they take off. And they can't be found. So the king of Syria says, there's a traitor among us because every time we come up with a plan, the king of Israel knows it. And then someone says, no, Elisha sees what you're doing in every room in your house. Wow. So he came to kill Elisha. Elisha had a new servant. Gehazi had been judged. So the new servant's excited about Jesus, about God. Hmm. And he wakes up, verse 15, and behold, there's chariots and horses, thousands of people surrounding them. And he goes to Elisha, what are we going to do? We're going to die. What would you tell someone like that? Their house is surrounded. Say about people trying to harm them. What would you tell them? Here's what Elisha did. He said, fear not. Sounds like Jesus, right? They that are with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. Now listen to this. And then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, a mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. He said, all is well. This is a type of Jesus. What did Jesus pray? Open their eyes through Holy Ghost. Every time you get in the Word of God, you say, even as the young man was surrounded and he saw death on every side and there was no way out, God made a way, just like that song said. God made a way. And the way it was this, his eyes were open to see. And you say, God, I'm hurting. I'm going through this, I'm that. Open my eyes to see. Bring somebody that has seen to help my eyes be opened. And you will see. In the spirit realm, through the word of God. Let me just share a, a revelation. You know, so you take the revelation you have. You accentuate it. Here's simple revelation. Let me share a revelation that by grace, I think, I have to some degree. For whatever reason, I mean, when I was first saved, I didn't know anything about the Bible. Honestly, I mean nothing. But I start seeing these two goats. When I was first saved, I'm like, what's finally years after a guy discipling me? I said, I keep seeing these two goats. He took me to 11 and 16. 
One goat represents the physical sufferings of Jesus, one the spiritual sufferings. So I've meditated on that for years. And anyways, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, right? Because I've been crucified with him. Life that I now live, I live by the faith of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 relating to those two goats. He who knew no sin became sin. Purged our sin. That's what Hebrews 1. Destroyed my sin nature. 1 John 3, 8, Romans 6. My sin nature's been destroyed because he became, he just didn't die for me. He became like me so I could become like him. He became like me in my sinfulness. He didn't sin. He became like me in my sinfulness so I could become like him. Woo, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. So I take that to Ephesians 2. Verse 3, it says, Men were by nature the children of wrath. But God, can you say that? But God, who's rich in mercy, for his great love with he loved us. When we were dead, all right? Now he destroyed our sinfulness. Then, when he's in the grave, he was quickened, made alive. And it says, we we're made alive with him. It says, by grace you're saved. And then he was raised up from the dead. Seated at the right hand of the Father. But the Bible says we were raised with him. We were seated with him. What's that mean? 1 Timothy 2.5 said that there's one mediator between God and man. No other person. And that's the man Christ Jesus. See, Jesus is all God. But there's a man sitting on the throne. Somehow he's all God, but as our mediator, he's all man. But he's the second Adam. Shekote. So there's a man on the throne. He's God. Second person of Trinity, my God said unto my God, Psalm 110. But there's a man on the throne. He's our mediator. It's a little bit different even than being our intercessor. The Bible says we are in him. Ephesians, 18 times I believe it says you're in Christ. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. How? Through your religiosity, through your perfection. No, through your being in Christ. You are in Christ. So I don't see everything in the word. Man, I listen to others. I, I, I learn from others. But just because I, I meditate on this a lot, a lot. When I pray, I, I, there's a man on the throne. I see a man on the throne. He's the second Adam. I'm in him. Now listen why it's, I'm in him. It's in the verse 6. It says, so that, verse 7. Whew, glory to God. That God might show his exceeding riches towards us in this life. Through his love and kindness. Through this man, Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved. And not of yourself. It's the gift of God. 
You're his workmanship, right? So when you pray, say you're someone struggling with a familiar sin. They're struggling with condemnation. They're struggling with sexual sin. They're struggling with selfishness. They're struggling with trauma. They're struggling with, which is not a sin, but they're struggling whatever you're struggling with. Oh, Jesus. Here's the key. Now, again, this is a revelation I have. You, whatever floats your boat, the bottom line is this. Get the word in you that when you believe it, you know the Holy Ghost is going to manifest it and you will ruin this life through it. But I believe this is one of the primary revelations of the gospel. So I see the word. In the book of Luke, I see the leper in the last stages of leprosy. And you see, I know the will of God through the word of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. So I see the leper says, man, are you willing to heal me? And Jesus says, yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. So I know the heart of God. Let's go to Matthew 8. Leper worships him. Says, I know you can make me whole, but do you really want to? Jesus puts his hands in the midst of the leprosy. Says, I'm willing, be thou clean. So I go to Jesus. I go to Father in the name of Jesus. Leprosy is akin to the cancer situations of today. It doesn't matter if someone has fourth stage, third, second, or first stage cancer. You're in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. You're in him. Just like when Noah and his family were in the ark, the waters did not touch them. Just like they were in the ark. You're in Jesus, okay? This man, you're in him. In the spirit realm, we're talking. You died with him. You're quickened with him. You're raised with him. You're seated with him. You died with him. You've been quickened with him. You've been raised with him. You've been seated with him so you can walk with him. And I know that I know. That in this man, I'm free. There's no sin in this man. There's no bondage in this man. There's no curse in this man. See, for me to live is Christ. I'm in this man. And Father looks when I say, Father, I got a migraine that I can't get rid of. And I come to Father and say, you know what? But I know that's not right. And I know that I'm in this man. He's the power plant. And I'm plugging into him. So what's in him comes to me through the Holy Ghost. And I say, Father, I believe through the redemptive work of Jesus, I'm in him. And everything that man is at your right hand is part of my inheritance. He doesn't have a migraine. 
I know this is strong, but I'll tell you what, you got to say the unsaid to see the unseen. So I said, Father, I believe with every part of my being through the word of God, through revelation, which is the greatest gift of God, of your word. That you said, I'm seated with him. That in the ages to come, you might show your exceeding love towards me. So right now I decree that even as I am in this man, what's in this man by the Holy Ghost is now in me. And I will stand on that. I will die for that. Because I see it. Now do I need to see it more? Yes. But I know it. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And I've been, I've been praying for somebody, praying for a number of people. And I, I, I saw this in the Bible. I love it. There's this great theologian. I can't even remember his name. And, and he was like in his 90s and you know, he was going to share his last words. Everybody's saying, he's going to say something so profound, right? That we're, you know, it's going to be throughout generations. And he said, what's your last words? Mm. And he said, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's as profound as you will ever get. The simplicity in Christ. So I, I see this word. I was praying for somebody. And uh, I didn't know him that well. But man, God put them on my heart, man. I just crying out for them. Lord says, there's nobody right now to crying out for them. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't even know them that well. And they were just racked with pain. So I said, give, I said, give me a verse I can stand on. And I come to this in, in the centurion in Matthew 8. Jesus was in Capernaum and a centurion came to him beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant is at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. You know what Jesus said? I will come and heal him. Simple as that. Centurion says, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof. Just speak the word and he'll be healed. I said, I'm a man under authority. Centurion obviously, obviously had 100 soldiers under him. I say this to them and they do it. And when Caesar tells me to do something, I do it. He said, just speak the word and he will be healed. And I've seen victory in this person's life. I, I tell you, it was very dramatic. So I went to Jesus. And I said, Lord, this is before you shed your blood, but I know because you're going to shed your blood, you're able to do this. I said, I don't know this person real well, but you put them on my heart. They're grievously tormented. Profound pain. Bad prognosis. So I simply said this. I decree, the decree from these scriptures, that even as this man's servant, even as man loved his servant, and you spoke the word and said, he's healed and he was. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you love this person just like you love this man's servant. 
And you're in me. Sure is in me, but you'll speak through me. So I say, I say that this man's healed. And I got more revelation than the centurion had because now I see that his healing is in you. Just ready to be displayed. And I said, I worship you. As God is my witness, wholeness came recently. Now, I'm, I'm working on me just as you're working on you. It doesn't happen every time I pray because I need more. But I know there's a lot of love in this church. And there's a lot of love in the body of Christ. We need to be enforcers of the covenant. We need to know that every need of every person is met in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply, not might supply, all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let's take one more example. I'm working on this one. I'm still not, and I'm working on it, but it's starting to come to pass. I haven't seen it like I want to. To some degree with some kids that are mongoloid, I've seen this. Somebody doesn't have a body part. Maybe they lost an eye. Well, this person we read about from this book, this guy didn't have any eyes. She did pretty good, huh? Jesus did real good through her. So I think in a verse, his exceeding and magnificent promises. Verse 49. When they were about to, they, they saw that uh, they got swords out. I mean, this idea that Peter was somehow a coward is, is crazy. Peter was willing to die to the point when they were coming to take Jesus, he put his sword out to death. And before Jesus could stop him, he cut off a guy's ear. The guy's dying. His ear's gone. There's a hole in his head, and he's bleeding to death. And Jesus tells Peter, no, we're not doing this with swords. Put your sword back in your sheath. And this is what Jesus does, almost matter-of-factly. He said, permit them to take me. He touches the man's ear, the side of his head. He's bleeding to death. And a brand new ear appears. Wow. Wow. You know why the ear appeared? Because it was inside Jesus. You know why the woman with the issue of love is healed? Because her healing was inside Jesus. And now Jesus is not on the earth like he was then. But he's at the right hand of the Father. And guess what? Your healing, your need, your need for victory, your need for intimacy, which is more important than anything. It's inside Jesus. 
You can't say, you say, well, Jesus isn't here to touch him like she touched him. I'm here to tell you through the word of God, you can touch the one at the right hand of the Father by the declaration of the word that you know and see. And what's in him will come out to you just like it came out to the woman with the issue of blood, just like it came out to the centurion servant, just like it came out to this man without an ear because what's in him at the right hand of the Father as the second Adam will come into you through the person and power of the Holy Ghost. That is reality. That's what comes through revelation and that's what you have. That's what you have. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be some spiritual judge. You come to Jesus and say, thank you for helping me. You're my helper. He will cause you to know in a way that no human being can cause you to know. He'll cause you to see no matter how long, no matter what you've been struggling with. Then I know someone struggling with familiar sin. Man, it was like 18 years. They were struggling with pornography. I was at a large church, about 1,000 members. And so God moved, and then I gave an altar call, and this guy comes up. The first guy I prayed for him with his elder because the pastor wasn't there. And he says, don't pray for him. I said, what? He said, he comes down every day. I knew it was pornography. I just said, stay with me. See, he's, he's praying, but he's not declaring. I said, you want to be say, you want to be free, don't you? I said, here's all you do. I'm going to pray for you. God will open up the scriptures to you. I gave him scriptures in Psalm 119. I gave, you know, God purifies your heart. And I told the elder, he did not like this. And I said, this man's going to stand with you. Every three days, you're going to talk to him about these scriptures working. As God is my witness, six, I think it was six weeks later, the elder come up, as he said, I'm so sorry. I said, it's okay. He said, that man's completely free. See, it wasn't his heart was wrong just didn't know how to enter in. Stand with me if you would. If you're listening to my voice now and you're saying, why doesn't this work? God's not condemning you. All of us have been in a place where it doesn't seem to work. But by the mercy and grace of God, I loose to you with the agreement of this church that the power of revelation will come to you and you will know that you know that you're not second best to anyone. 